0: Well, let me encourage you to have that passage open in front of you as we continue our series through the book of James. I hope you've been enjoying the wisdom. There's more today. So, you might want to just turn me down a little, brother, because uh, I have a boomy big voice. Is that a better volume? I hope so. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We thank you for your word and we pray that as we look now at this passage, you would open our eyes that we might see your wisdom regarding how to speak as your saved people. Help us and encourage us, we pray. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I wonder if you've ever met someone in your life Who you would look at and say that person is wise with words Uh, you know the kind of person i'm talking about the the kind of person who always seems to know the right thing to say at the right time you know like not me kind of thing (laughs) we always we always feel like we're not that person don't we but someone else is and you see that person up there and they're always speaking eloquently they're always speaking meaningfully Uh, And they're the kind of person who can get up in front of a huge crowd and not look nervous at all as they speak uh, in a way that's smart and wise and yet purposeful and meaningful. Uh, People who are wise with words. Well, in our wisdom book, James is now turning his attention to words. Uh, But he's not talking about being wise with words in that sense of the term, wise with words, at all. No, 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 he's talking about God's wisdom, which is a different type of wisdom. He speaks to us today of the godly, wise way to speak. And how so often we don't speak like that at all. Uh, As we see, being wise with words in a godly sense is rare indeed. Let's go to our passage and see what he has to say. Have a look again at verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways, and anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. So the passage starts with the danger of being a teacher, Uh, Teachers will be judged more strictly, we're told here. And we need to remember as we look at this passage that uh, it is Christian teachers that are on display here, those who have been saved through faith in Jesus, and so their sin has been forgiven. And so the one thing this cannot mean is that God will condemn them and they will miss out on heaven if they fail in certain ways. Um, What it probably refers to is, the evaluation of their ministry that's seen in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 Uh, and in 1 Corinthians 3 bad teachers those who don't preach Christ but who still believe Christ are saved but because they don't teach Christ they moved on to other things they the people they teach don't believe in Jesus and they aren't saved and so their work is fruitless and so, again, what we see here is that the life and ministry of teachers will be evaluated more strictly on the last day, and their work will be seen for what it is. If they don't preach Christ. Okay. James then moves on to a sign of godliness for all. Uh, and it's there in verse 2. And that is that our speech is a sign of godliness or in some cases, a lack of godliness. Our speech reveals what's going on inside. And he starts, and I think very comfortingly, by pointing out everyone's sinfulness. He says, we all stumble in many ways. And this is one of those flashes that we get throughout the book of James. We've been seeing them every now and then. And here's another one, which shows us that James believes in salvation through real faith in jesus okay he doesn't expect perfection or even goodness uh, from sinful human beings he's far more realistic than that instead he points here to our inherent and deep sinfulness as humans we aren't basically good people despite our propaganda okay we like to show off that we're good people, don't we? We like to look respectable, but deep down we're not, for we all stumble in many ways. You can see it on the screen. That is, we're all sinful people who sin lots, which is why, of course, we pray and ask God to forgive us. So if we were to come to these verses, to this chapter, and understand that as a call to moral perfection with our tongues in order to merit salvation, then if that was our understanding, we've got it completely round the wrong way. So that's something we need to get cleared up straight away at the start, is this is not how to earn our way to heaven, it's how we live now that we have been saved by God through grace in Jesus. And as an example of sinfulness, there is the difficulty of controlling our tongues Uh, indeed so hard is it to control our tongues that if we could do so he says we would be perfect the perfect person would be able to control their tongues you know Uh, i don't know if you've ever been into a display home you walk in there everything is shiny everything is new everything is in its place and no one has left anything around like in a normal home that you trip over it's 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 perfect it's also completely unrealistic of course but it's shiny and perfect before anyone starts mucking it up in a similar way if we could control our tongues it would be just like a brand new display home you know you it would be absolutely perfect Okay, And he gives us that perfection there and then he goes on to talk about the reality which is more like all of our homes. And he tells us though first why it matters. Have a look in verse 3 to see why this matters. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. So James in these next few verses gives us a list of small things ...that have an outsized impact on a big hole. And the bit that turns the horse is the first example. Then we get the rudder that turns the ship. And then we get the spark that creates a great fire. All of them are small, tiny, little things... ...that have a big, outsized impact on the whole thing. Uh, And we're told that that's the same as the tongue... ...because in verse 6... We're told it corrupts the whole body. It's like our tongues are the little control box for a drone. We're seeing drones a bit more on the news lately for some reason. Uh, and, and you might see you see someone with the control box, and that little control box makes the drone go wherever they send it. Uh, it's a small little thing, but the drone uh, might, be, might be big. Uh, And in a similar way, we fly about based upon what the tongue does. Uh, As the old saying goes, one day that person's mouth is going to get them into trouble. I don't know if you've ever said that phrase. There's a common phrase that indicates that our mouths, what we say, actually sometimes leads us into things. And so our little tongue matters. What we say matters. And we find out what's worse is that it seems to be untamable. Have a look at verse 7. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison so the tongue here is likened to a wild animal except one that can't be tamed other things can be tamed but no human being can tame the tongue the tongue is untamable, and we see it also committing a whole lot of grievous damage we do manage to commit much that is evil with our tongues Uh, we might immediately think of swearing or cursing or blaspheming but there's also gossip and put downs uh, innuendo and hate-filled words there's also lies deceptive words and broken promises and well i could keep going couldn't i friends because we find lots of ways to use our tongues for evil and not for good the tongue is untamable, and it does like a wild animal a lot of damage and yet as the next verse says it shouldn't be this way it's not how god has intended things have a look at verse 9 with the tongue we praise our lord and father And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Well, here is a great contradiction. Our tongues are supposed to and do praise God. And yet we also use them to curse each other. To say horrible things either about each other or to each other. Praise and cursing flow from our mouths. And that's a contradiction. It's like a a water bottle with the purest, Life-giving water. And yet also in the bottle there is poison. Mixed with the water. And so it brings damage instead of life. It shouldn't happen. And yet it does. For on this side of heaven the tongue is not completely tameable. And yet in the final verses we are called to live wise and godly lives including with our tongues so verses 13 to 18 the last section of the passage talks about the wise way to live let's look at verse 13 first who is wise and understanding among you let them show it by their good life by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom and verse 17 but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure then peace loving considerate submissive full of mercy and good fruit impartial and sincere peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness so the passage finishes this with a call to wise living and we are to reject the bitter envy and selfish ambition that's there in the passage and instead be humble and selfless with our words Instead of selfishness, our words ought to sow peace in our relationships rather than division. So James calls us to wise and godly words as part of a wise and godly life. And as you read through those five verses, you'll notice that our motives are a big part of what happens to our words. Our motives are important. There's an emphasis on humility rather than envy and bitterness and peacemaking rather than selfishness. Our motives are critical to what we do with our mouths. What's in our hearts will eventually, at some point, come out of our mouths and people will see it for what it is. So brothers and sisters, let us be wise and godly with our words. Not in the sense of being eloquent and knowing the right words for each occasion. That would be nice. But wise in the godly sense of the word. May the godly wisdom of our hearts overflow with wise and godly words. Words that build people. That make peace. That are actually there for others to benefit and not for ourselves and they're not there to divide and destroy to tear down and let us do this not because we need to for salvation because we don't we're saved through jesus but because we want to live like the one who has saved us and we want to live like jesus Let us then try. We won't do it perfectly this side of heaven. But nonetheless, let us strive to tame our tongues and bring them bit by bit into obedience to God. And the good news is that one day that process will be complete in heaven. In the meantime, each time we use our words in a godly manner, It brings good things in life, but more importantly, glory to our Father in heaven, whose name we carry. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We thank you for your graciousness and kindness and gentleness to us in Jesus. Thank you that we don't have to be perfect with our tongues in order to merit salvation. Thank you that we're saved through faith in Jesus. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that having been saved, we would put our faith into action and live wise and godly lives, including with what we say. May we work continually through the help of your Spirit on our motives, on what's going on in our hearts, that what may be coming out may reflect godly and other person-centered words. And may we also choose to speak words that build people up rather than tear others down. And may we bless rather than curse. And we ask for your strength in this because it is very hard. And we cannot make even any progress without you. And so we ask for your assistance by your spirit. And we ask it in Jesus' name and for his and your glory. Amen.